so in about a few minutes, we will be probably the first people on Earth to watch every episode of the animated series and comment on each episode. I feel like this is a thing. I don't know if that's true or not, but I will say that it is because it makes us look good. And who the hell, or makes us look bad, like everybody else said, yeah, that's a stupid idea. Well, I, you know, we don't really share comments on the show, but I, I did get a, a, a comment from someone who who said that they appreciated the fact that uh, Trek About was doing the animated series because she said that so many of these, you know, recap um, Star Trek things uh, avoid it entirely. Yeah, and we you understand know? why now. I don't no, know. I, it was. I'm glad we did this. I feel. I feel very edified for having seen this. Now I know we're probably getting a little too meta. Maybe we should save that for the end. But I think it's fine to do it now. I I, mean, I I I have very complex feelings about the animated series, which I did not expect to have. There were some episodes that were seriously awesome. The yesteryear was a brilliant episode. That slaver weapon was a really good episode. There were a lot that were just enjoyable. There were some real bad crap. There was Bem, but I thought every episode was going to be Bem. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really know what to expect going into the animated series. You know, you, you've you seen a lot more of the sort of like 70s filmation stuff than I have, so I think you had more of an idea yeah. of what you were getting into. And it turned out really not to be like that. I, 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 I agree thought with they would you. have a little kid alien, number one, and that there would be a robot on the crew, and that... This is, I mean, they wanted to do that, actually. They they wanted to give each main character, like, a a child um, as, as like, a yeoman or something, Mm -hmm. which they, like, Gene Roddenberry was like, no. Um, And, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know how involved Gene Roddenberry was in the show. I think he sort of helped get it off the the ground, but he certainly wasn't involved in the day-to-day, and... You know, I, I I'm a very mixed feelings about Gene Roddenberry and 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 his relationship with Star Trek, but I think that he really did care about it, and I think that with the animated series, his influence is very strong because the animated series I don't think is a classic, right? Like it's it's decent. There are certainly some great episodes. I don't know that I would recommend that everybody watch every single episode of the show i think there are some that you can skip but there's a lot you can skip probably but anyway yeah but but i, I don't know i wouldn't say that i mean i think out of the out of the 22 episodes of the show that exist i think maybe more hits than messes four or five you can skip okay and i think that you know it's 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 not that the show is is great but it's more amazing that the show is as good as it is and there are so many ways that this show could have gone wrong oh, yeah and it avoids almost all of them. What I like about it is they start to point to how to expand the Star Trek universe. Like, they introduce a lot more alien species. They put a lot more references to other things. Um, they go to a lot more planets. They start to make casual mentions to life outside of what the Enterprise is dealing with, what the rest of the Federation is dealing with, and... While, as you say, they didn't use all of that as canon and the series may have developed in other ways, I think this begins to suggest that, no, there was more that could be. They can go back to this mine many more times, as they have. Um, yeah, and I, I mean... Think, yeah, this kind of... This is the test that proves that, all right, this is, wasn't just a random three-season 60s television show. There's something a little more here. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, in the same way that the next generation proved that you could translate Star Trek to a new cast yeah. and a new environment and a, a new era and a new era even. I think in the same way the animated series as overlooked as it is wrongly I think that it really is the the example of something very similar to that which is the original series was not lightning in a bottle. There's more here and yeah. I think the animated series proves that. Yeah, Star, this- Star Trek is not a television show. It is a thing. And this was the first one that proved that, I think. Yeah, I don't think the particular way they developed it may have necessarily been the best. There is a lot of baggage that comes with being in a mid-70s Saturday morning cartoon. But, you know, again, of course. If, as I've always said, if this was developed in 2004 for Adult Swim, we would have had an amazing amazing animated series an amazing sci-fi show that would have been really good but yeah it it shows the original conception is detailed enough the fact that frankly the original pilot of the series you know the the cage can fit even into the series mythology as it goes shows that the series is kind of rich and not really limited to one particular thing yeah yeah and i think that that's really a testament to to Star Trek as a, as a concept because yeah. so many things are not uh, really that strong. I mean, if you look at something like uh, you know Stargate, for example, mm-hmm. I, and I use that example you know a couple other times in the past, I really like Stargate Stargate SG one, uh, and then the second sequel or spin off or whatever you want to call it, Stargate Atlantis, is just lazy crap and it serves no purpose. And I think really it shows that. We all know it's difficult to do spinoffs in general and yeah. to to expand on the ideas of someone else, but there's also sort of an intrinsic thing involved in that, and only certain te- television shows even have that as a possibility. Well, here's the thing, especially when dealing with a sci-fi franchise, if you can't tell a, sto- a good story with a completely different group of characters, then... That world was geared towards that first original group. In That's other a good word, point. Yeah. yeah. In other words, if the adventures of any other, let's take any other Federation ship, uh, you know, assume good characters there, assume, you know, good acting and all of that. If they aren't having interesting adventures, then it's not a really rich and vibrant world, you know. But what we're seeing in the animated series especially is all of these different alien cultures, all of which are dealing with different problems. So we can assume that any given Federation ship has had similar enough adventures. Again, they're not Captain Kirk. They're not as good. I can accept that Kirk is the best Federation commander. Sure. But it makes the world – it makes the universe feel like there are adventures everywhere. And that's something really important for a sci-fi series. Yeah. If you want to show – or fantasy series. If you want to – the entire – point of star trek is to seek out new worlds and to go where no man has gone before and everyone should be able to find something when you open up in any corner i would agree with that and you know in in seven weeks when we start the next generation that will be really you know the 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 real test of that yes is, is that show um a good example of Star Trek translated for a new era. Well, frankly, I think the movies will be a good job of that too, because yeah, that's true. If, if you can tell a twenty-minute story, your universe should be able to tell a two-hour story. You know that—that's a thing too. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, let's talk about let's get let's, let's be- talk about some twenty minute stories. Yeah, let's get specific. Let's talk about how sharper than a serpent's tooth, or how awesome this episode was. I'm I'm glad you liked it. I really liked it. Actually. Okay, this now this episode. Well, the, 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 what I loved about it besides the this was a video game. Like I've played this game three billion times before, and I love it every single one. You go to the deserted city where there's all of the temples and all of like the different architecture, and you have to solve the puzzle in each one. And you have to turn all of the things, and then they, like, all go to the center, and then you face the boss, and then they have the ending cut. Like, this was great. This was just... I wanted to play this game. There are so many episodes of the animated series that have pointed to why haven't there been any great Star Trek games. Again, I've said this before. Well, there have been. We, we, we've gone over this already. <laughs> yes, but, you know, I, I'm... St- I think my 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 thing about this episode is... You know, it, it structurally, I think it's it's very similar to yeah. something like Who Mords for Adonais, yeah, uh, with with Apollo coming to life and saying that he's an alien. Yeah. And the, you know, the Greek gods were aliens, and et cetera, et cetera. And you know, I like the fact that the show went in a different direction. It went with a uh, Native American culture and a Native American god. At the end of the episode, they make a point of saying that it was this god. It was you know Quetzalcoatl. It was, uh, uh, yeah, was Chinese upset. dragon. Yeah, um, you know the, the implication Spock. is that he's come to Earth and he's seeded all of you know he's these various cultures just on Earth. Yeah. and all of them took a different aspect of you know this creature. Right. Spock gets a nice, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> dicky line in where he says that, uh, of course, uh, advanced aliens visited Vulcan, but they went, they went away wiser than they came. Huh. Um, just you know, God, just shut up. Like sometimes I love Spock, but sometimes you just have to be like, all right, shut up, dude. Yeah, like Vulcans are not that great. Um, you know, it's another damn. You know, another, an advanced alien is God, and you know, is fucking with the crew of the Enterprise episode. And when I realized it was going to be that, I thought it would be kind of boring because again. I'm starting to get annoyed with the same exact plot again. Uh, I think this was different enough, though. Yes. I mean, because I think that this was an episode that fit perfectly in its time. They told the story well, yeah. Like, it didn't, it didn't, it never drug. Uh, it didn't feel like there was too much plot. It didn't feel like they cut things out to fit in the time slot. I think they really wrote this, you know, for this 23 minutes that they had. And. It works. It really works. I mean, you get just enough of a sense of what the alien is, just enough build up for them to follow the alien or the alien to follow them. They get stuck in this, you know, bubble. And then Kirk and some other people get beamed over to the ship and they're sort of on this adventure in a Mayan city. Yeah. And it's all great. I love when they show the, when the alien reveals himself, all, everybody has a, what the reaction to it which is my reaction because it was that was awesome design no it really was i mean it was it was really interesting because it was sort of this flying lizard but it had these different colors and you know the head was green but the body was blue and the the wings were red or something and it was just very visually interesting aztec god and i think it was probably some of the best animation in the show yeah and then they show and he has the zoo with all of these other creatures and again it's another opportunity to show us some really awesome aliens they have this one green guy with like three spinning eyes and they have this electric kitten and they have you know it's all different random i think they call it a power cat which is kind of funny (laughs) it's all of these different random encounter enemies you know that you have to face it's basically pokemon yeah but um my god that's where they got the idea it could have been (laughs) star trek was popular in uh, japan really yeah it's very popular in japan actually yeah okay i can see why what what do you think about the 
the way that they save the day in this episode because again it's i mean i kind of was feeling a little a little deja vu because i kind of felt like i had heard this almost exact same speech from kirk before about how humans are this and that yeah well here's we're not your children and blah 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 i'm fine with that but here's the thing um Basically, what they say is, you know, this guy, he wants to be our god, but we've evolved beyond that need, and we have no need for him. Gee, it's a shame, because I'm so sure he has some really nifty technology. Yes, the people have—no culture has ever met a culture with advanced, more advanced technology and been able to broker some kind of deal with that. Like, no, he's a really good ally for the Federation to have. He's someone that they have on to help work with them. He, here's our friend Baylock. He's ridiculously advanced, too. He's been working with the Federation this entire time, you know. Every so often we'll meet with him, we'll help each other out, we'll trade technology. You and Baylock probably have technology the other can't even dream of yet, you know. You two could have a really good ideas together, you know. Why, why didn't they do that? Like, that would have been giving this guy a place, and yet one which still allowed him to be in human, in around humanity without being patronizing to humanity. Maybe they could help him with another planet. Maybe they give him to the um the spirit with the aborigines from the other episode. Maybe the two of them could be working on the aborigines together. Like there are so many options for this thing. That to abandon him to loneliness because they explicitly say he is lonely. He ha- all he can seem to find are these animals that he has to give illusions to even to even just keep them around. The power cat is too deadly to even, you know, touch normally. It seems like I I don't really like the ending of this episode. I mean, I think a lot of that is just the fact that they're not envisioning these God creatures as representatives of a civilization. Basically, I think they are the civilization or they are what's left of it and even more reason not to just let him to rot i mean i agree with you in some respects but i think it's asking something of this type of episode that of course wasn't really even on the table for it i mean we're not really supposed to read him as a real like person no we're supposed to read him as the uh deities of cultures which have long vanished or been conquered by others i mean he's a native american god if you want it bothers me to have some to have someone explicitly saying yes well you know the native americans were back in the day and you know they're stupid and you know we don't need your gods anymore so we've replaced you I, I mean, that's that I, I, I and, think, and that's I, how it reads to I again. This is how it reads to someone in 2013. But this had some. I think there's some residual white liberal guilt there that is coming through that is not in this episode because I they really they the said thing. the exact same thing to Apollo, and you had no trouble with that whatsoever. Yeah, and I may have changed my mind now. So you think that they should have let Apollo rule over? No, I think they Earth. should have given a similar deal to Apollo. Like, I, why couldn't they have rehabilitated him? At the end, he revealed when he revealed himself to be just lonely. Why? Well, here's he... another thing: Can you trust them? Yes. Why? Because he's hilariously animated. I mean, can you can you trust Apollo? Can we trust Balok? I think so. Okay. 
I mean, they sent a guy, and he apparently didn't die. That's true. So there you go. But we've never heard from him again. And remember, he was a pedophile. <laughs> I, you know, I there's 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 only so far you can go with that. I mean, you just kind of have to wash your hands at some point and say this is just the way it is okay and the type of show that you are used to seeing in the 21st century is not the type of television that existed 40 years ago and that's kind of the answer and i know it's kind of a lame answer but that is the real answer look upon my works ye mighty and despair yeah was this the first no this wasn't the first time that they uh Quoted Shakespeare in Star Trek, right? Because Conscience of the, Conscience of the King if was another. If not one. earlier than that, then definitely Conscience of the King was yeah. directly quoting Shakespeare. Yeah, the plot was based on Shakespeare. So I mean, yeah. I, li- I like that they bring that back. I mean, that's something that happens a lot in Star Trek. A buddy in, in of mine future. says he loves Star Trek the best when it's being Shakespearean. I don't know that I would disagree with that, and that I would agree with that. But you know, we we can talk about that when we get to it. I hope that Scotty and the cat make best friends forever. Yeah, that would be nice. Why don't they just hook him into the uh, food replicators or something? Oh, and then you have all these cats, you know. Ah, cats! Oh, he doesn't want that. I wonder if Maress would sleep with the cat. <laughs> oh, God. Mm. Oh, God. That I, would be perfect. <laughs> I and- liked the uh, total coincidence that uh, Sulu apparently had a lot of leave coming to him mm-hmm. and decided to take the leave in the same week that Walking Bear was available to fill his spot for the week, and they encountered a Mayan god. That was a fantastic coincidence. A little too coincidental, actually, and I wonder... Now, let's think about this. What is Walking Bear's job? He's a navigator. Yeah, what does the navigator do? Oh, man, you think they found... He found him. I think Walking Bear specifically steered the ship to to this god. Now, whether this was... Something he did evilly, deliberately. Maybe he was just receiving kind of visions or something like that in order, you know, come to this place. Or maybe he was being... But I have to say, and he know, remember, he recognizes immediately who this thing is, you know? It, yeah, and they sort of hand wave that by saying that he is a student of culture. So it's like, <laughs> okay, sure, why not? We'll, I, we'll go with that. It's, it's like the guy on Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, like the cultural one. Like, he didn't really do anything, but, you know, he was just kind of there. Um, yeah, like, if you showed me, if, 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 I I just find something a little suspicious about this. I wonder what Walking Bear is really up to. I don't trust those Native Americans, and frankly, I think they need to be stopped. Okay. Those are strong words from Richard. I give this episode seven Thomas Hawks. I really like this one. I'll I'll give it seven as well. (laughs) All right, well, let's move on to our last episode of the animated series, The Counterclock Incident. The Counterclock Incident was a much better send-off for the animated series than Turnabout Intruder was for the original series. Yeah, I'm trying to remember Turnabout. So that was the body-switching one, and you know, I hate men! Right, right. Uh, I'm going to be honest about something. The... And this is me, a lit guy, saying this, uh, stupid brain, but the math in this episode was completely wrong. It literally made no logical sense, no mathematical sense, no sense according to physics how anything was happening in this episode. But it was still awesome. I did, you know, when they're saying this thing is going at 36 times warp speed, how are they even contacting it? When they are going at... 
I don't know. It just didn't make any sense. Like, they could not be able to keep pace with this thing. Be, them be going a different miles per hour than this thing would make no sense. They can't be towed that way. Like... But it was awesome. I liked this episode. Well, okay, there's a couple things here, and I can get a little uh, pedantic trucky on you. So in the original series and the animated series, uh, presumably, uh, warp speeds were um, ex- – no, they were, were – the, was it exponential? Or No, they were um, incremental, right? And in The Next Generation and, and other shows, it was exponential. So it was sort of a logarithmic scale. Yeah. So warp 2 in The Next Generation is like – twice as fast as warp one warp three is four times as fast as warp one etc 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 one was supposed to be about light speed right a little bit more than that yeah but yeah pretty much light speed so let so me put it in, this way. in the original series warp drive was incremental so warp 36 is fast but it's not fast if you get my meaning like uh. it certainly is a beyond the capabilities of the enterprise but it's not beyond the capabilities of the Enterprise to travel at that speed. They just can't get up to that speed. Well, here's the thing. There was the episode where they were going to warp in the first season where they were going to, like, being increased. They were going to warp 9, warp 10. And was this? I don't remember which one this was. But they were freaking out at being at, like, warp 8 mm-hmm. because they were going to burn up at that rate and they were going even beyond that. So Well, let's just assume that they got some shielding when they put the rec room in. I, I, you know, whatever. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't like, matter to but, me. But that's what I'm saying. Like, and the, how are they – how do they communicate? Well, uh, in the next generation, they they say that it's subspace, and subspace is not affected by normal space. Okay. So that's fine. I don't have a problem with that either. It, but he, you know, here's the thing: like that, none of that makes sense. But it was still a really good episode. Yeah, it totally felt tense. They sold that what we were dealing with was really bad. Yeah, and I mean, they picked warp thirty six because it sounded really fast. Yeah, I don't really care. It doesn't. I don't have a problem with it. Um, you know, and, and the thing about the episode, I, I really like prouder of me for like, no, noticing these things. No, I mean, yeah, sure. But it's just one of those things that you kind of have to look at. Like they were not really too strict with this stuff. They don't get strict with it until much later. Um, and yeah, could the enterprise really travel at warp 32? Probably not, but eh, you know, you just kind of go with it. Um, the thing that I, I really liked about the episode is that, it dispenses with a lot of I think it dispenses with a lot of the mystery really early on. I think in the same way that how sharper than a serpent's tooth fit into its time slot really well, I think this one yeah. fit into its time slot really well. And they had a lot there was a lot going on in this episode. I mean, you had um them transporting the first captain of the Enterprise and mm. his wife to Babel uh to retire. Um you had uh, uh, an alien ship, you had that whole chase scene. That, and then them going into the alternate universe and then finding their way out. I mean, that's a lot of stuff to fit into, like, yeah. 22 minutes. You have characterizing this alternate universe as going backwards. Again, making no logical sense, but we can run with it. Um, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where the only problem I had with that was, you know, the chronometers are going backwards, fine. The ship's going backwards, fine. You know, all the instrumentation having to be used backwards, fine. That Even them aging backwards is yeah. fine. The only thing that I didn't understand about it was I think they I think the script had a third act problem where they realized that maybe it was kind of boring and they needed some more attention. And so they just suddenly decided that the uh, the crew of the Enterprise would get younger very rapidly, which made no sense to me because just as time is going backwards at a a steady rate, I would think that, you know, if a day goes by, you're a day younger. The woman from the other the alternate all the people in the alternate universe, you can assume that. 
to go from, you know, the son who looks to be about, what is it? 50, you know, he's assumedly about 30 years old, you know, in about. Well, I, I thought he was even supposed to be older than that, like 75 or 80. The son? Yeah. I mean, he's supposed to be a teen. He's supposed to be a. I, I got the sense he was a young scientist. No, he's supposed to be young, but but he's actually old. I'm I'm just thinking about you know people live to be about eighty. So if he's about thirty, he would be about fifty. No, I think he was supposed it, to be like young. I thought he was supposed to be older than that. The, but whatever. the point is, anyway. Yeah, we 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 are debating the exact age of a one note character. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, however, it is if if he she is going to. You then by a a day every day by a year every year and so on and so forth. Right. You know, a person's going to you, the to go from presenting to be about mid you know forty ish as Kirk is to going to be about twenty will take twenty years. Right. That's what I understood, and yeah. then suddenly at the end of the episode, no, they're all toddlers, and it's like uh, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, but it was done to just you know go with the theme of the episode. This is an episode where what they were dealing with was simply to. Make a moral. But I was good with it. What was the moral? You shouldn't want to recapture your youth if you're living properly. And don't fear aging. Don't fear retirement. Don't don't fear the last episode of your TV series. Because if you had done what you wanted to do, you should have no regrets. And you should be happy and content. Make every moment count. For if someone were to come into your room and say... Everything that you've done will always be done. Would you, you know, would you bless him as an angel or curse him as a demon? The other thing I liked about this episode was Commodore April. Yeah. Because he's a character in Star Trek, which is referenced oh, later on, okay. um, I believe. But th- this is the only time that we ever see him, I think. And... Uh, it's nice because it gives a little bit, it flushes out the world a little bit more. You know, Captain Pike was not the first captain of the Enterprise. And it's it's interesting to me because because the episode is about aging and it's about getting older. And, you know, it's not a coincidence that this episode, Captain April is retiring and they're yeah. taking him to his retirement celebration. He's being retired, though. I think they make that very clear. That it's, a manda- not- it's a mandatory retirement. Yeah, which is a little strange that the Federation would have a mandatory retirement age, but... Not necessarily. Well, I it mean... Seemed, it seemed young for me because, only because they established later that humans live longer, more productively. They, you know, they're... Um, yeah. We'll, we'll see McCoy in the first episode of The Next Generation. Okay. Which is set 70 years after this. Oh, so like so he's, he's being 120 is like being 60 now. Well, I would say being 120 is more like being 80. But, okay. But yeah. So, you know... It, it, it's it, old, but it's not completely unheard of for someone to be completely still sharp. Yeah, okay. Right. And so, you know, maybe it's just an old law. You know, maybe maybe a, a medical technology is not quite there in this era yet. And so 75 is old. Um, it could, yeah, it could be even, yeah, yeah. Th- th- there could be any one of a number of reasons. Yeah. But it, it, it does slot in nicely to sort of the themes of the episode yeah. about aging and time and, you know, recapturing your lost youth and all of these things. And, you know, I find it interesting because they treat April with a sort of reverence and he sort of talks about how he misses the, the ship and how he feels at home on the bridge and, you know, all of these things. And I was getting the sense that, you know, we were supposed to project some of this onto Kirk, right? Because 
I think the, in the same way that Kirk is sitting right next to April and listening to him reminisce about his days on the Enterprise, you know, if you look at the animated series as the conclusion of their five-year mission, then this I'm is sure the fifth season of that we've seen with this cast, yeah, yeah, are. like I'm I'm fairly certain that you know Kirk was of a mind whether or not the the writing staff knew this, but I think we know this, yeah, that um that he was thinking about these things and yeah, that it was sort last of last year on the enterprise. Yeah. And so he was sort of like getting into that mindset with cap with, with Commodore April. Now, a few things that I know you've told me, number one, you said that when someone gets, you know, the more you get promoted, eventually you just get promoted to the office and you're making decisions, but you're not really doing anything. Right. So, um, and that is ultimately where Kirk does end up. It makes sense. He'd be promoted. And when we see him in, uh, I know this is coming later, but I know in Wrath of Khan, that's where he is at the beginning. He's bored by being in the office all day. Um, so let's As say, we all are. Yeah. Let's say this is his final year on the Enterprise. What what happens to Kirk after this year? Where What does he end up doing? We'll find out next week. Okay. That's all I'll say about it. That's exciting. Um, yeah. And, and Star Trek The Motion Picture is, is very much about that. And okay. Star Trek Two is about that as well. So we will find out what happens to these characters. Because, you know, okay, we've got 1974, last episode in the animated series. Uh, then five years pass between now and the release of the motion picture in 1979. So these characters are five years older. They, they, I mean, they look appreciably older in the, yeah. in, in, in the motion picture. If you look at them and say, okay, well, well that was 10 years. From that the... was 10, right. That was 10 years from the end of the original series. So they would look 10 years older. I mean, you know, Shatner was what, 35. So now he's 45. Yeah. You're going to look older. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But I think it's interesting that that the the last episode of the animated series sort of hits a lot of those same beats in a way. Yeah, for all intents and purposes, maybe this was, as far as anyone knew, the last Star Trek thing that would ever be made. Yeah, absolutely. Let's face it, when you have the sixth episode of your animated series and you're being canceled, you don't have much hope. Yeah, yeah. And it, it does seem weird that they did a six-episode second season. I, I was looking for some behind-the-scenes stuff on the animated series, and there really isn't that much. There's no book. There's, you know, And so it's, it's difficult to find out exactly what they were doing um, because I do know that these six episodes that comprise the second season of the animated series were directed by a different person. They were directed by a man named Bill Reed. One, the last one was Sutherland. No, it wasn't. I thought it said directed by Sutherland. It definitely saw at it. the very end it says that, but it's not true. Okay. At the beginning of each episode, they added the director to the title card. So the old direct. So the credits are wrong then, or maybe it's just Netflix, I think they just Netflix recycles the credits. No, I think they're just using the okay. credits over again. Um, huh. But he did not direct these six episodes. Yeah, I, I thought that that was not the case. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what, the other thing I think about this episode too is. The the way that they figure out, you know, what is happening and where they are uh, is, I think, a bit too convenient. You know, they're they're traveling around pretty quickly and they're finding Nova's pretty quickly and all these kinds of things not. pretty Maybe quickly. Maybe that's why they are children by the end. It does. This episode takes place over 60 years. Yeah, that could be. Maybe. <laughs> right. You know, um, the faster warp you go, the slower it goes. But it takes them a very long time to realize that. I withdraw my objection. <laughs> I like that puzzle, though, because, you know, you have to, like, you know, overlay the two pieces of graph paper and, like, find out where, like, the same. I love doing those. Yeah. 
And uh, the very end of the episode, when they do get back to their universe and April and his wife, who I, I don't think we've mentioned yet, but she's in the episode. Um, and she was apparently the, the, the chief medical officer on the Enterprise. And yeah. they, they kind of established that the Enterprise is the first starship with a warp drive, which is not right. But, you know, whatever. It's in that, you know, it, Star Trek was not like super interested in continuity yeah. at this point. So we'll, we'll leave that aside. Um, and, uh, you know, so they're in their sort of their mid thirties and, you know, we intimated before that April makes this decision that, you know, he's lived his life and he's not displeased with the way that it yeah. went and they're not going to stay in their mid thirties. So they, you know, he immediately hits upon the idea of using the transporter to get, uh, all of the crew back to their normal selves. And they also do that as well. I'm beginning to have some issues with the transporter. Oh, you don't even know yet. Because why has any but why has there been a single disease plot in this series if all they had to do was just reboot from the transporter? What well, has anybody died of cancer in the Federation ever? Because you would think that they would just do that. Like the the, the, the this this brings up so many like I will only say that that is a problem that I think that the behind the scenes staff realized and in the same way that they knew not to use dilithium issues in the next generation they also sort of get away from using the transporter as a cure-all in yeah. in, in pre in, in future incarnations of star trek it a couple times and number one it's too but we've only seen it in the animated series i believe which is interesting and i think i yeah. wonder if maybe that's simply just that's the simplest solution that can take 30 seconds. And they, yeah, exactly. they don't need to explain it really. I mean, they're just working with time constraints here. So they use what they have. Yeah. It's like the super weapon at the end. Voltron's going to assemble no matter what. Pretty um, much. Yeah. That may be. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Cause it seems a little too like at the end, you know, no matter what, you know, just teleporter, you know, Oh, he died. Teleporter. Yeah. He got burst into a million pieces. Teleporter. Transporter. Not teleporter. What the hell, Richard? Teleporter? Really? Really? Yes. Get out. Goodbye. So, yeah. I think it was a fitting send-off to the show. It um, got some. I liked the mirror stars. I liked the... It, it, it was fine. I, yeah. I loved the moment when... You know, so he's talking to this, you know, this the woman from the, you know, the backwards universe. And she's saying, oh, well, you know, come to my place you know we'll be able you know you gotta go somewhere so they're in and what, what is this called it's Arith. yeah but it's supposed to be earth it's yeah. Supposed to be yeah yeah backwards um and then she says you know my son's a scientist he'll be able to figure it out and he immediately goes we don't have time for children's games like he didn't want her he was kidding on her and then she has a kid so like now she's off limits yeah that's true that that was a little like okay <laughs> yeah yeah but no, I like this one. I think it's a it's yeah. it's a good send off to the show. I think it's a good send off to you know the the sort of original series era as a whole, um, because even though this was a few years after the original series ended, it still very much is of that era. And I think it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, I mean, I've seen all the movies. Richard has really only ever seen what well, I think one or two of them. Wrath of Khan and the uh, whale one, right? The ones that everyone has seen. Uh, so, oh, no, no, no. I also saw the 2009 Star Trek, the J.J. Abrams one. We're not talking about those. We're talking about original series. So join us next week for our forays into the original series movies where we pick up with Star Trek The Motion Picture. And we get to revisit the crew of the Enterprise and the Enterprise, I think, five years later. Okay. And we'll see where the, we'll see where the characters are. We'll see you then.